today I'm just, what I'm talking about is nothing new, nothing that you haven't heard before, but my job here is to merely remind you or remind us and encourage us. Is, is something up? Oh yeah, it is. <laughs> to encourage us to sing to, lo to the Lord. And I've said here the whys, the whos, the whens, the whats and hows. But I just want to say, as I was preparing this, have you ever been to a buffet, like an all-you-can-eat buffet, and all your favorites are there, and you're like, ooh, steak, ooh, they've got that one, and you're like going through, and you're like, ah, and you're just filling your plate, and you're like, I need to have seconds, I need to have thirds, when do I start? Ooh, that's how I felt, and I was preparing this message, I was like, ooh, All these verses and all these uh, scriptures kept coming to me. I was like, Ooh, it was like, you know, it was literally like he prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemies. My cup overflowed. I was filled to overflow. And I remember that he is the God of the overflow, the one who gives. He says he's, we, he gives us more than we can ask or think according to his power that is at work in us. So, I just want to encourage you and um, pick from this banquet, enjoy from this buffet, get your favorites, try something new, you never know, something new that you might enjoy as well. So, I just want to start by saying, why do we sing, Diane? <laughs> Amen. Because it is biblical, he asks us of it. In um, Ephesians 5, verse 18 to 19, it says, Do not get drunk with wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. And then he goes on to explain, Speaking to yourselves with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, and singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, wherever you are, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. And we know that the Lord sings over us. He rejoices over us with singing. That's in Zephaniah 3, verse 17. He says he rejoices over us with singing. So if he sings, then we sing too. And, you know, I found out something new today. This was my new thing from the buffet that Jesus himself sang after, after the Lord's Supper, after the, the, the Last Supper, um, and before he went uh, out to the Mount of Olives in Matthew 26, verse 30, he sang a hymn with the disciples there, knowing what was coming, because he knew everything, knowing what was coming, they chose to sing a hymn and to lift up the name of the Lord in that place. So singing is is wonderful, it's, it's beautiful, and it's something that, that God himself does. And I said there, it's the atmosphere of heaven. Wow, wow, wow. Don't get me started on revelations, because we know that there are multitudes, peoples of every tongue, every language, every tribe, and then the angels themselves, the 24 elders joining in song, and crying out, worthy, worthy, worthy is the Lamb. So the atmosphere of heaven is singing. It's a joyful song. And we just join, when we sing, we join in that atmosphere. 
to sing that song to God. Psalm 22 verse 3 says, He inhabits the praises of, our, of, our, of his people. He inhabits the praises of Israel. So when we sing, he inhabits, he takes his abode. He sits on the praises, the throne of praises that we create when we sing. That's our Lord. And I said there, it's, it's a pathway to joy as well, because remember what Proverbs um, says. It says, a merry heart doeth good like medicine. So when you take your medicine, you know what happens, but when you sing, it gives you a merry heart, and that, that does good to you as well, like a medicine. But I want to talk a little bit more about it's a weapon for spiritual warfare. <laughs> <laughs> it is a weapon for spiritual warfare. So on the next slide, we're going to read from the book of Chronicles. You will need your Bible for this because the story is longish and it's from two Chronicles. We're going to join Jehoshaphat. Two Chronicles, chapter 20. Right. So just a bit of background. Jehoshaphat. Who was Jehoshaphat? Yeah, have we all got our Bibles? Yeah. 2 Chronicles chapter 20. So Jehoshaphat was the king of Judah. He was a man who was after God's own heart. He was a good man. Um, he was a powerful king, fully devoted to God. Um, he feared the Lord. Um, and actually other, other kings and other people in the, in the surroundings feared him as well because he feared the Lord. But what happened is that the Moabites and the Ammonites came up against him and thought they could attack Jehoshaphat and Judah. And so we join the story now in um, chapter 20 verse, let's read from, let's read from verse 15. We're going to read from verse 15 to 30. That's why I said it's long, so it will be great if you can follow. Okay, he said... So, okay, so hold on, a bit more context. So when they heard that Moab and Ammon was coming to attack them, Jehoshaphat called for a fast, and he, he sought the Lord. He was praying and seeking the Lord, and he says, Lord, I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you. Um, and then the Spirit of the Lord came upon one of the prophets who was there, Jehaziel. And then this is what Jehaziel says from verse 15. He said, listen, King Jehoshaphat and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, march down against them, against the Moabites. They will be climbing up the pass of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the gorge in the desert of Jeruel. You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions, stand firm, and see the deliverance the Lord will give to you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid, do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. So Jehoshaphat bowed with his face to the ground, and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem fell down in worship before the Lord. Then some Levites from the Kohathites and the Korahites stood up and they praised the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice. And early in the morning, they left for the desert of Tekoa. And as they set out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Listen to me, 
Judah, and people of Jerusalem. Have faith in the Lord your God, and you will be upheld. Have faith in his prophets, and you will be successful. And after consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness as they went out at the head of the army. And they were, and they were saying, give thanks to the Lord, our God and King, his love endures forever. And as they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir who were invading Judah, and they were defeated. The men of Ammon and Moab rose up against the men from Mount Seir to destroy and annihilate them. After they finished slaughtering the men from Seir, they helped to destroy each other. When the men of Judah came to the place, after having sung, all they were doing is singing, give thanks to the Lord. They didn't even know that people were slaughtering each other. When the men of Judah finally came to the place that overlooks the desert and looked toward the vast army, they saw only dead bodies lying on the ground. No one had escaped. So Jehoshaphat and his men went to carry off the plunder and they, that they had found among, and they found among them a great amount of equipment and clothing and articles of value, more than they could take away. There was so much plunder that it took them three days to collect it. But on the fourth day, they assembled in the valley of Beracha, where they praised the Lord. And this is, what, this is why it is called the valley of Beracha to this day. And I'll stop there. And when I was looking at this text again, I realized that there was a, before the battle, they praised the Lord. Remember in verse, uh, verse eight, 19, after the prophet had said, do not be afraid, guys. Just take up your positions. The Lord will fight for us. The Levites praised the Lord with a very loud voice. This was before the battle. And then, of course, during the battle, well, they didn't even know it was the battle. The battle was actually going on, and they were busy singing, give thanks to the Lord. And whilst they were singing that, the Moabites and the Ammonites were at each other killing each other. The enemy was against the enemy. <laughs> and then they praised after the battle. It says the fourth day after they had realized, oh, all of this, the plunder, and they had, they had taken up everything. And then it says they assembled in the valley of Beracha, and they praised the Lord. And I was like, okay, so this is the sandwich, sandwich of before, middle, and after, but it's full of praise. One big praise sandwich singing sandwich. And I said, oh, this is good. This is good. And when we look at our own situations, and, and, and intuitively, it makes sense, right? It makes sense to praise him after the battle. That makes sense. Anybody can do that. And probably everybody does that because he brought us out from a a bad place, and now we are free. Woohoo! Of course you can get a dance then. Of course you can get a song then. But how about before? How about the time when you receive that letter with bad news? How about the time when you get that diagnosis? How 
Would you praise him? Would you sing with a loud voice? When you're going through everything that you're going through, whatever battle it is, battles of the mind, battles in the home, battles at school, whatever it is that you're going through, can you still praise him? Can you still say, give thanks to the Lord, our God and King? Can you? Can you raise that hallelujah to him during the battle, not, not just after? And I was really encouraged as I was thinking about this, and I thought, I need to encourage you too. Because you remember, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And it doesn't make sense to sing before or during a battle. It doesn't make sense to put an army at the front of, uh, sorry, to put singers at the front of the army, to make the singers lead the army. It doesn't make, just think about, okay, let's think about practical things now. When Russia invaded Ukraine, let's just think about that. And then we heard that President Zelensky, is that the one from Ukraine, I think, yes? Put singers in front. Or, or, or that's all they did, they just sang away. Intuitively, it wouldn't be like, doing what's going on they need to fight come on guys not sing but the weapons of our warfare as children of God are not carnal they are not of the flesh we do not war with the flesh as if we were of the flesh but the weapons of our warfare are mighty through God we listen to what he tells us to do and if he if he tells us to sing and to put his song before him, this is what we do and this is how we win our battles. Psalm 149, 6-7 says, Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and the two-edged sword in their hand. That's a battle, that's a battle plan we're talking about. That's a battle plan. The high praises of God in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand to inflict vengeance on the nations and punishment on the peoples. You know, singing to him and praising him is a way to silence the enemy. Psalm 8 verse 2, that says, From the lips of children and infants you have ordained praise because of your enemies to silence the foe and the avengers. He has ordained praise because of your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. How do we silence the enemy? Through praise. We praise the Lord. Our eyes are fixed on the Lord. And when we see, we praise. And when we see, we sing. And when we think of him, we praise him. And we put our full attention on him and not on the enemy or the foe. So who should be singing? On the next slide, please, Diane. Everyone and everything. The word says, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. And this is not about the quality of your voice, by the way. This has got nothing to do with your voice or your pitch or, or anything else, or whether you feel like it or not. This is about your heart. We were talking about that and we're singing about that. Your heart is from the soul, you know. It says, 
making uh, uh, music and a melody in your heart to the Lord, making a joyful noise unto the Lord. Remember when Jesus was coming in, the triumphal entry, and, the, and all the people around him, the disciples were, were, were praising and shouting and singing, and, um, and the Pharisees said, Jesus, tell these people to keep quiet. They're making too much noise. And he said, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. So why would you let the rocks cry out in your place when you can sing? We know that the, the rocks, the mountains, the seas, the rivers, the fields, the trees, they're all clapping and singing with joy to the Lord. So we might as well join them. So we might as well join them because if we keep quiet, the stones will cry out. When should you sing? We talked a little bit about that. That's the next one, Diane. It's continually, <laughs> at all times, because the joy that is inside of me doesn't depend on circumstances, doesn't depend on that letter that I've received from the doctor, doesn't depend on the news that I've just heard from the phone. It doesn't depend on that. The joy that I have on me depends on him. It's his joy that is in me. So I sing continually at all times. It says, I bless the Lord. Psalm 34 verse 1, I bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Psalm 146 verse 2 says, I like this one. This one again was one of my favorites when I was picking. It says, I will praise the Lord all my life. I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. As long as I live. And when I looked at as long as I live, I thought, okay, I don't know how, how long I am going to live here on earth, but as long as I live, I shall praise. And then suddenly I remembered, oh, wait, but I've got eternal life. So, so how, for how long will I be singing then? For eternity. For, it, for as long as I live. Because even when I'm not on this earth, I shall live forever with him. And I shall sing praises to him for as long as I live. Sing when you're happy. James uh, chapter 5 verse 13 says, Is anyone happy? Let them sing a song. Let them sing songs of praise. Sing when you're happy. But also sing when you're under spiritual attack. We just heard from when we were reading from two chronicles from Jehoshaphat's example, and sing when you're in prison. When the devil has imprisoned your mind, has imprisoned you physically, emotionally, mentally, sing to the Lord then. And we'll learn a little bit more about that. Let's read from the next, the next slide. We're going to read the story of Paul and Silas. When they were in prison, that's in the book of Acts. So let's go to the book of Acts. Again, if you can follow this one with me, because it's pretty long, but also very interesting. This is one of the centerpieces of the buffet that we are eating from. Acts chapter 16, from verse 16 to 34 is where we'll read from. Paul and Silas in prison. Once when we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a slave girl who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune-telling. 
This girl followed Paul and the rest of us, shouting, these men are servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. And she kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul became so troubled that he turned around and said to the spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. And at that moment, the spirit left her. Now, when the owners of the slave girl realized that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas, and they dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities. They brought them before the magistrates, and they said, these men are Jews, and they are throwing our city into an uproar by advocating customs unlawful for us Romans to accept or to practice. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten. And after they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them very carefully. Upon receiving such orders, he put them in the inner cell, and he fastened their feet in the stocks. Now, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying, and they were singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. The other prisoners heard them. And suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And at once, all the prison doors flew open and everybody's chains came loose. The jailer woke up. And when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We are all here. Okay, I'll stop there. So these guys, Paul and Silas, they were dragged, they were seized, they were falsely accused, they were severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, bound in chains. Think of your, your own situations, think about maybe your current or your past situations. When have you felt like you've been dragged? You've been seized into something that you didn't want to be in, you know, falsely accused, severely flogged. Like it's, if it's not one thing, it's the other. And you, you know, the devil is an accuser. He accuses us, falsely accuses us. Think of that situation when you were thrown into prison, bound in chains, or maybe you are in prison right now, bound in chains. And then we learned that at the midnight hour, in the, why midnight? Why midnight? Is it the darkest hour? Is it the hardest moment? Is it the time when you think, there's no way out? But at the midnight hour, Paul and Silas prayed and they sang. And what they were singing were hymns, not songs of doom. This is not about singing anyhow. We'll talk about what to sing, but it's not about singing songs of doom. We are finished. What will become of us? No. This is about singing songs of praise to the Lord. The interesting thing for me here is that other people were listening. The other prisoners were listening. So actually, this was more than just singing and making melody in your heart. Like, these guys were actually singing out loud and other people were listening. The other prisoners were listening. 
makes you think, is it maybe, maybe your deliverance or maybe your singing will deliver not just you. Maybe it will deliver others. And I thought as well, shameless plug here, but it was Paul and Silas. Sometimes maybe you can't sing when you're on your own. I don't know. Maybe it had been Paul alone. Maybe, I, don't, I, can't, I can't second guess that. But for me, it was just poignant that it was Paul and Silas and they were together. And I thought, sometimes you do need to come together and sing together. And I'm saying it's a shameless plug because if you're not part of a home group, for example, if you're not part of a smaller group, I would encourage you to be part of a home group or a smaller group because you can come together and you can sing together. You can be Paul and Silas in that midnight hour. Second shameless plug is not quite midnight, but about 8 p.m. on Friday evenings. <laughs> Once a month, we meet <laughs> in the, um, the youth room for encounter where we come together and just sing praises to God. And walls do shake. Earthquakes do happen. And this is the interesting about this, the interesting about this earthquake. Again, when you think about earthquakes, and it, it says here it was such a violent earthquake, but it was an earthquake that that broke only the chains, but didn't harm me. We didn't hear that Paul and Silas were damaged or broken limbs or anything. It broke only the chains. It was such an, a violent earthquake that didn't bring the building down, but it only opened the doors. What kind of earthquake is this? And I knew it was only the spirit of the Lord that was in that place. Other people were listening when we sing Maybe it is an encouragement to someone else. Maybe when we gather here and we sing songs, maybe, just maybe, our neighbors are surrounding this area can hear us and maybe they're encouraged. Or maybe they're not, but maybe they are. <laughs> maybe when we sing in our homes, maybe our neighbors hear. Maybe when we sing on the bus, maybe when we sing on the plane, maybe when we sing in a lift. Second floor, please, and you're like, give thanks to the Lord. Weird, right? But maybe it will encourage somebody. Maybe our singing will encourage others because others were listening. And you know what? When that earthquake happened, the chains broke not just for Paul and Silas, but for everyone. And the, the prison doors opened for everyone. And hence, the reason why the jailer wanted to kill himself, like, oh, oh what's happened here? But actually, the end result was salvation for the jailer and freedom for Paul and Silas. But we hear later on, and please do go home and digest the rest of this buffet piece, where, you know, the jailer brought his entire household <laughs> to Paul and Silas, and they were saved that very night and baptized that very night because of that singing that Paul... And, and why did they... I don't know. I really don't know. Why they, did they sing at that time? But there's... There's one verse which I'll show you on the next page, which I think might be the verse that they, they knew about that made them sing at that time, which actually is a nice cue to the next verse. Yeah, where should we sing? That last bullet says, even on your bed. Because Psalm 149, verse 5, it says, sing for joy on your beds. That's what it says. Sing for joy on your beds. Psalm 149, verse 5. 
And I thought, do you think maybe this is the verse that they were thinking about? Because what this verse doesn't say is that sing for joy on your bed if your bed is in the Hilton or if your bed is, uh, you know, in a five-bedroom detached house somewhere in Keston. It just says sing for joy on your beds. And if your bed is in prison that day, sing for joy on that bed. If your bed was slightly wet <laughs> at, um, <laughs> at your camp, then sing for joy still. So we sing everywhere and anywhere in the assembly of his faithful people as we were doing just now. I sing while I cook. I think, yeah, my kitchen is my singing. I sing everywhere, anyway. I sing when I cook, when I walk, when I work, when I shower, when I drive. I sing all the time, and that is, I think you guys can testify. <laughs> but where is one of the most unconventional, maybe, places that you've broken out into song? I don't know. You think. But maybe, as, even as you think, maybe think of other unconventional places that you would like to break out into song and just see what happens. Let's put this to the test, right? And just sing. Sing all the time. And see, see whether that changes anything. And actually, this week, <laughs> I had to have a very difficult conversation um, with somebody work-related. And just before I walked into it, I, I, I thought, let me sing, let me see. I just started singing as I was walking into it. And actually, the conversation was a lot better than I, than I expected. And I, I give praise to God for that. So what should we sing? That's the next one. Psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, songs filled with the word of God. You know, so, songs that, are, that, that praise him, not praise us, but praise him, because it's about him. It's about the Lord. It's about Jesus Christ. We sing him, not as in H-I-M. We sing him. He is our song. You know, Exodus 15, verse 1 to 2, that's when um, Moses and his sister were singing this song um, and they said, the Lord is my strong, the Lord is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. And we also sing to him a new song. We sing to him a new song. A new song to celebrate the new things that he has done, the new revelations, the new blessings, the new mercies. You know, we hear that his mercies are new every morning. So our songs also are new and fresh to him every day. You know, some, I mean... I didn't ask Chris this, uh, and I'm just going to ask, but I'm asking, but you don't have to answer now. But I'm intrigued sometimes, you know, when you break out into song uh, and you just sing, and it's a new song, but then maybe you don't even remember them afterwards. And it would be interesting maybe another day for you to really tell us how those songs come about and what you do with them afterwards. But it's, it's that bubbling up that I imagine that happens of a song that just comes up and it's a new song, new lyrics, but you're just, and it's a new melody. Maybe it's a melody that you've never heard, but you're just singing praises to God. But maybe because you've seen something new or, or, or you've experienced a new dimension of him and you just break out and sing to him. Another day, Chris, you tell us. <laughs> My final slide, how should we sing? in spirit and in truth. 
God is spirit and his worshippers must worship him in spirit and in truth. Spirit, the Holy Spirit, truth, Jesus Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. So we worship him in spirit and in truth. We worship the Father in spirit and in truth through the Holy Spirit and in Jesus Christ. Paul said, what shall I do? I shall sing in the spirit and I I shall sing in my understanding also. Remember he said, I shall speak in the spirit and I shall speak in my understanding also. But he also said, I shall sing in the spirit. So if you can and if you've got the gift of being able to sing in the spirit, do that. And if you sing in your understanding, do that. But it's as a sacrifice. He says, we bring to him a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. So it's a sacrifice. It costs you something. That means I don't feel like singing. It actually is the time to sing. Or I don't feel like this. is actually the time to worship him. At the beginning of the battle, before the battle, during the battle, after the battle, at the midnight hour, in the prison, at the time when everything looks dark and gloomy, and that's the time to sing, because it's a sacrifice of praise. We sing with thanksgiving, with harps, with everything else that's on here, with clapping, dancing, rejoicing. This is how we sing. And I'll just end, I'll end by reading from Isaiah 61. Isaiah 61, verse 1 to 3, that says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. And he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn, and to provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair, a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. Father, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus Christ that you would clothe each and every one of us with a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. There may be some of us in here who have lost our song. The enemy has stolen the song that we used to sing. And we can no longer sing. You know, in, there's a psalm that talks about by the rivers of Babylon, we wept, we hung up our harps and our willows, and we, how can we sing a song in a strange land? How can we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? Maybe some of us find ourselves in that place where we are in Babylon, where we are in prison, where we feel like, how can we sing the Lord's song in this strange land? And my encouragement is, sing anyway. 
Lord, please restore the joy and the song that we used to have in our, on our lips so that we can sing to you and praise you and worship you regardless of where we are. We ask that you break the shackles that may have bound us in that prison that keep us from singing and being free and being naked and unashamed before you, Lord. Break us free from those chains. Let us sing a new song to you again. Lord, I thank you and I ask that even this week, that new songs, a new song may bubble up in all of our spirits so that we may raise a hallelujah to you, that we may sing to you, even in the oddest of places. But Lord, we will sing to you because you have shown us that this is the way This is a way that you delight in. We thank you, Lord, and we praise you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.